Welcome to episode number 48 of the Boxing One Podcast. Look, my name is Jay Rich, aka John Richards, and I'm here with C Last, the homie Chris Lasseter. What's up, homie? Chill it, man. What's good with you? I'm good, man. Just trying to stay warm up here in Chi-Town. Finally, man, winter's finally crept up on us, and it is no joke up here, cuz. I don't understand how you do it, bro. That's how I roll. Speaking of how I roll, we gotta start here, man. We're both ESPN fans, right? We we like ESPN, but over the past year plus, they've they've had um, a syndicate of writers who are African American who write on the undefeated, and this slowly becoming one of my favorite websites, right? So, um, an article was recently posted that talked about the twenty five blackest sports moments of twenty seventeen. They dropped it on Black Friday. How are you going to do that, man? Now, you know, that's one of the blackest things you could do right there. Black Dropping that article on Black Friday? Come on, man. Exactly. Come on. So we both kind of looked through the 25, the top 25, right? So I'd be interested in hearing, man, which one of those stories or those moments resonated the most with you in 2017 as the blackest sports moment of the year and i'll see if i have the same opinion let's let's do this it's only i mean it depends if you're gonna say importance we're both gonna have the same one but if you're just gonna say like i'm here for the jokes it gotta be talib and crabtree because that's the most hood thing ever when you in a football game and not only did it happen once it happened again this week in the football game he snatched boy's chain off for a second time this week. But that's just kind of like he's trying to take the NFL and put it on some hood disrespect. He's trying to Allen Iverson the NFL and take it to that level, make everything about the streets. So, like, that has to be the answer. I don't know what else it could be. Bruh, I'm going to have to go with something else. And I don't know, man. After you hear me, you might, you might want to uh, think about – this particular person because he's been now called the national treasure of blackness <laughs> it's got to be marshawn marshawn lynch bro <laughs> first of all this dude went over to scotland man with skittles and just kind of wrecked it in a doggone scottish garb and <laughs> yes. entire show surrounding it basically being oakland in scotland which was amazing <laughs> <laughs> and just what's up you know for a fact they wrote him a script and he ain't following none of it right man bit of the script they don't care man and then they realized okay we can't script marshawn lynch so we're gonna make him a show that's unscripted in fact we're gonna sit him down at the table as we think through ideas and talk to him through the ideas one of the ideas was for him to play serena <laughs> in the sport <laughs> And he sat there and called one of the producers an N-word, dude. It was hilarious, <laughs> but it was it was so Oakland. It was so Marshawn Lynch, dude. And here's the funny part about it. This dude actually went to Cal Berkeley, dude. Like, so he's not he's not a dude that's not smart, right? So he retired early. He had a lot of nonprofit stuff going on. He's a smart guy, but he is straight up Oakland. Like straight up Oakland. And I love it. I love him for it. Like he is he dancing on the sidelines in between quarters and games, getting people mad. But that's just Marshawn, man. How can you not love a guy who loves life that much? So I'm going Yo, with Marshawn, bro. Can I tie those two stories together? Because you know when Talib got kicked out of the game, that Marshawn came over to the opposite field and escorted him off of the field 
So Uncle Marshawn <laughs> just being a little bit of everything, man. So like if you were just going to give it to a character overall, I think it's got to be him. But the most hood thing I've ever seen is you snatching dude chain twice. Yeah, I'm going to call I'm going to call him Unc. Start calling him Unc. He is. He's your uncle. He is. He's Uncle Marshawn. All right. So it's close, man. You know, you, this dude snaps this dude ch- chain twice, man. I felt bad for, for Crabtree like he was on Friday, man. I'm just going to tuck mine in. Just going to tuck mine in. Nah, bro. He's going to come for your chain like Debo, cuz. But he, he fought back this time, and now he got suspended for a game. So they costing him real money. Like, they cost yeah, him really. chain money trying to make sure that, like, he don't feel disrespected. But that's what I'm trying to tell you. Like, <laughs> Talib is taking it to that point where you got to do hood stuff, even if it's costing you money. So that's not a good look in reality. There's a there's a time and place for that. So not very professional, but I understand it at the same time. So At all. At all. But that article that was posted on the Top 25 Moments is pretty great. We got some LeVar Ball in there, some Serena Williams up in there. Um, so you guys should definitely go over there and check it out. 25 great iconic moments for the black community. And um, I'm just I'm just happy that that your boy Myron Rowe, who's the Rose Scholar, is now a neurosurgeon, which is awesome. Um, and one of the blackest moments. But that was like my close second for me to to Marshawn and his Oaklandness. And what was and your that- girl that won the <laughs> tennis tournament and when found when she saw the check, her eyes bugged out? That was a great piece too. Yo, she went straight buggy and then went to Twitter and just was like, I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, she's she's black for sure. If you didn't know, she was. Absolutely. That's a great tweet, yo. All right. Speaking of blackness. Okay. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> so the world just found out that Prince Harry, who's part of the royal family across the pond is now engaged to a young lady by the name of megan markle now this isn't really usually news for us i mean not here on the podcast um, but it is now why because blackness exists and megan is actually half black she's half caucasian half black um and a lot of people found that out and had different reactions black twitter did what black twitter does <laughs> they talking about <laughs> she's gonna have on she's gonna have a bonnet on in the in the uh castle <laughs> she's gonna bring cocoa butter up in the castle i'm like oh boy you know how black twitter rolls but kevin stage time, did the whole thing about Cutting the queen of England with the queen of hearts and spades. I said, man. Yo, that was I hilarious. Am done with these people today. Kev is hilarious. So, but, you know, on a serious note, though, like you saw coming out of the woodworks, some of the race baiters that you knew would come out of the woodworks. We thought England was going to be safe, a safe space for this to happen. But apparently, even people across the pond were not happy with the fact that he was marrying this woman who happens to be an African-American. Some of the tweets are really disheartening. I mean, you see the N-word being thrown around. You see that she's subpar for someone who's who's a prince. Um, so you see a lot of race issues there. Here's the, here's the cool thing, though, about the story is that this is a woman who descends from uh, a people who were enslaved. And quite honestly, one of her great, 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 
great grandparents was someone who was enslaved and now she's married to a prince or will be married to a prince and will now be considered royalty now here's the crazy thing about that like when i think about that that's just kind of a microcosm of the gospel people who were slaves to sin um and who who jesus takes on and and trades his righteousness um for our sins and says now i'm going to consider you guys royalty um she's kind of living that out in the natural but when you think about that supernaturally man it's kind of kind of interesting to see that 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 picture plays itself out in your life and in my life and anyone who considers themselves a christ followers life and um should be something that's humbling but also shows us that that god himself has traded our our rags and giving us kind of this crown of glory um that paul discusses and even to um just add to that we're entering into a season in the church that's called advent and it's crazy when you think about the four women who are mentioned in Jesus's, um, you know, at the beginning, the gospel, the New Testament actually starts with Jesus's family's genealogy. And those women are women who would have been considered women of ill repute. And it's this beautiful thing that says like, hey, like our, our savior is entering into the world with a multicultural heritage and not everybody has this Anne of Green Gables or Pollyannish type of backstory and so even we can learn from how the gospel starts and the lineage of jesus that he truly is a savior of the whole world so as we enter into advent season we see lots of these stories in the gospel and that's in fact how our gospel starts in the new testament so that's kind of cool mm, yeah that's great man yeah forget about anna green gables we anna collard greens shout out to thanksgiving <laughs> I know you be hating on Thanksgiving, man, but I know you're still eating some collard greens. Don't hate. All right. So we want to talk about a topic that is actually kind of tough to discuss, man, because if we're all honest with ourselves, we find ourselves in the opposite state of what we're going to talk about tonight, which is um, contentment and being content, um, which means, in essence, that you hold the things that you have in a way that says that you are grateful for them without desiring things on the outside that may look shinier and newer and better uh, than what you have. So contentment has is this state that where you feel like um, that God has provided you with what you have and um, that you're grateful in that particular state. So uh, see, last, I want to just unpack that a little bit together and just kind of talk about contentment and some of the, the hardships that we have i have you have with finding ourselves or remaining in that state in the culture that we live in and um even in kind of the day-to-day -day life things that we do on our job and our finances and with our families so i'd love to hear from you man what do you think about this whole idea of christian contentment and how we might be able to stay the course there Jay Rich, so like I'll be honest here, like I see examples of growth in grace in some areas, but this might be like one of the biggest areas of daily repentance for me. So as I look back at how I got to this place where sometimes I struggle to find contentment, I just see a lot of uh, just being coddled, 
Um, now I, I need to kind of lay it out, but I'll try to do it quickly. Like I was a college athlete, but not like I was on TV at Duke every week. I played division three. None of our games were ever on TV or anything like that. So, but still just develop some of that entitlement philosophy through things that way. Everything was always different for athletes. And I just noticed this culture of entitlement that, um, God has been faithful to put circumstances uh, in my life to work that out, but I have not enjoyed the process. So I am blessed and I love the fact I have a wife and five kids, but we've chosen some decisions that we felt like honored the gospel that like weren't the easiest financial decisions to make. So sometimes like, hey, we know we're doing the right thing and we're having like we're putting time with our family in front of just how much money we can earn. Uh, making job decisions kind of based on some of those things. And then I'll come home and it's like, oh, I want to eat this because I'm still the entitled athlete in my mind. But the dinner budget is actually something that's different. And it might not be something that I would enjoy as much as I would have when I was just the entitled athlete and just had to look out for myself. So I wrestled through that daily. So I look at the uh, the covenant people of God coming out and saying, man, when we were in Egypt, even though we were slaves, we had leeks and onions. We had flavor with the food. Or the people say, like, man, we don't have no birds to eat with this manna. <laughs> like, we just going to keep doing this for meals. And I resonate with that so much. And I'm thankful that God is gracious time and time again, not only in giving me grace when I fail in this, but um, putting circumstances in my life that help root out the parts of me that aren't Christ-like. But I struggle in this area. Yeah. And I, and I would argue, and I have argued that, um, like discontentment is our default position, right? So even when I think about the birth of my son and him being born, like he comes out discontent, like everything's wrong. He's still discontent as a kid. And guess what? It doesn't go away as an adult because I'm discontent in some things in my life. And it's a default setting for all of us. So what needs to happen is that there needs to be some setting changes for us that drives us towards contentment. And that's what Paul's getting at when he talks about godliness plus contentment is great gain. And he tells them in the letter in one of his letters um, to to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. But then in the next verse, he goes on to say that it's God that works in you to do those things. Because left to myself, guess what? I'm going to I'm going to default to discontentment um, apart from the grace of God, apart from his spirit at work in my life. Discontentment is the setting that I continue to default towards because it's easier for me to do by God's grace and, and by God's spirit at work. He helps to move me and he helps to move us towards contentment. But like you said, it's tough because our our inner workings tell us to be discontent. And a whole lot more than we should. So uh, for me, it's just recognizing the good gifts that God has given me and also recognizing my humanness and knowing that there's some times where I'm discontent and I need to just go to the Lord and ask him to continue to move me towards contentment. I will say whenever that situation is for me, like I've lost all sight, like complete sight of the treasures that are mine in Christ they they feel like they're hidden at that moment and so like bringing back to mind what i have in christ that there's a treasure there the greatest treasure 
Um, and this is really like what we're doing is just essentially talking through Psalm 73, right? Like, um, he's like, yep. look, my fit almost slipped. <laughs> like, because I seen the wicked and it looked like they was just living it up until I remembered, you know? And so I think until I remember the gospel, like my feet tend to feel like they're on slippery slopes of discontentment at times. Then I remember um, who I was, what Christ did to reconcile me to the Father. And then um, I can feel the joy start to return or just the contentment of who I am. I, I have to just preach the gospel to myself in this situation. All right, bro. I need you to tell our listeners something that um, either you've been listening to or reading lately that you may commend to them um, as folks who are looking to continue to move closer to Jesus. And we do this on every segment, but definitely interested in hearing um, what you got in the, in the queue this week in terms of what you're reading. Rich, I'm not a big re-reader of books. And if I'm honest, um, in 2017, I haven't done a great job of what people would say, the spiritual discipline of reading outside of your tribe and gathering the wisdom outside of your tribe um, so I typically, um, I guess what you would call pseudo Presbyterian. Um, I'm not sure we would line up everywhere, but I do go to a PCA church. Um, but right now I'm reading a book by Jim Cimbala called Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire again. Um, nice. Definitely more. You know, be uh, Pentecostal here or there. <laughs> <laughs> but it is my go-to book whenever I feel like I've stopped praying expectant prayers. I feel like once you get to a certain part in your walk with the Lord, like you probably just don't go through long periods of prayerlessness. But I don't know if I always would say like sometimes that's just me pouring out my heart to the Lord or just connecting or worshiping, confessing sin. But that idea like, no, there is a God in heaven who can change the city. And I'm crying out to him. You know what I'm saying? Um, on its mm. behalf, intercessory prayer, like believing prayer, desperate prayer. Um, whenever I notice like that stuff feels off for me, that's kind of my go-to book. So I've been rereading that at the moment. That's when you move from the chosen frozen to the fire baptized <laughs> Pentecostal charismatic church. That's what I'm talking about, Chris. Doing your thing, man. <laughs> so yeah, Chris it's been good, man. It's you been can challenging. All worlds, bro. It, it is so easy to just line up with your tribe on things and forget how much wisdom that's outside of your tribe. It's so true. It is really true. So um, what I'm going to commend to our readers is a book called Habits of Grace by David Mathis. Um, it's a book on spiritual disciplines, but it's unique in, in one way. So he addresses uh, scripture reading, Bible reading. Uh, he addresses prayer in the book as well. But he uses uh, community as a means of grace or as a habit of grace that he commends to folks who want to continue to grow in Jesus. Um, and a lot of authors don't really touch on that as deeply as he does in that book. So uh, definitely would commend that to folks. Habits of Grace by uh, David Mathis. Um, Jumping into it, but definitely looking forward to reading the section on community for sure. That sounds like a dope book. Hey, if I ever make it out to your house and I 
hopefully I get the whole soul food Sunday treatment that I've seen in this video. But if I ever make it out <laughs> to your crib and I and I happen, you remember how in Beauty and the Beast, like there were certain rooms Belle couldn't go in. You better lock up your library real tight. <laughs> some books of yours is just going to come up missing. Nah, bro, man, I don't let them go out the house, man. You look, you can steal my TV, you can steal these toys hanging around here, but bro, <laughs> don't touch my books. <laughs> Listen, you gonna see me saying, you gonna see me tweeting out quotes from a book, and you gonna be like, "Yo, ain't that book missing of mine?" Right, right. You know, this boy do not hide these books. Don't worry. Before I invite you over, we are gonna hide hide my books, hide all my library, just so you ain't getting none bit of it at all <laughs> i'm selfish sorry i ain't even mad at you bro hey look uh closing shout outs real quick who you shouting out this week shout out my daughter man who is just getting everything ready to do an internship at love thy neighborhood this summer and um we just seen god working a neat way getting some of those things organized i answered a prayer so um today so Shout out to Talaja as she gets ready. She also says in college that she's the biggest fan of the podcast because she likes to hear my voice when she goes to sleep. And I don't know if that just means I'm, my voice puts her to sleep. Is that good? <laughs> yeah, that might be a I might that might be a side roast. So we'll have to check. So. That's all right, man. You're a cool dad, man. You know all your kids love you. It's good to see that. My closing shout out is gonna go to and you. You're gonna like this because he's not an SEC guy. Okay. It's going to go to Geno Smith, who is breaking down barriers. Boy, you better I, stop. I'd never say that Geno Smith is breaking down barriers, but this is an interesting factoid, okay? Geno Smith is going to become the first black quarterback to start for the New York Giants. Think about that. Like, every other team in the league has had a black quarterback start at least one game for them outside of the New York Giants. If you if you gave me that trivia question, I would have not have gone to the New York Giants. I'm sorry. I would have gone very far south somewhere. <laughs> I don't want to but that just but I guess their quarterback now is yeah, too cold. Exactly. It's too cold to get in free agency. So if they draft you. Exactly. So shout out to Geno Smith. I'm not sure how long it's gonna last, but hey, you oh, can yes, say you, you know exactly how long it's about to last. <laughs> he can week. say he's a pirate. He's a pioneer, though, man. How cool is that? What about that? And he's a ACC guy, right? No, yeah, he, uh, he a uh, Big Twelve guy. He played in the West Virginia. Oh wait, they weren't ever in the ACC. Never. Who knew? I did not know that. <laughs> you got no love for the ACC, John. It is showing. zero. I know two teams, and those are all the ones that matter: <laughs> Carolina and Duke. <laughs> Exactly. In basketball, come on, fam. <laughs> Football don't matter. I know Vanderbilt, so you can at least Dang. Vanderbilt. Why are they in the SEC again? Tell me. Just because they a smart school, we need the smart school to balance out all the other ones. No shade to the other ones. I'm just saying, bro. That's been episode number forty-eight of the Boxing One Podcast. We're forty-eight episodes in. Is that crazy or what? We about to be at fifty. Yeah, listen, we have a new website too. Box and One, the number one podcast.com go over check it out nicely laid out got all of our episodes up there you can still subscribe to the podcast via itunes and the itunes store also follow us on facebook twitter all that good stuff 
at boxing one podcast and be sure to go to itunes and leave a review and a rating if you like the show we really would appreciate it look december's coming up for us so we might need to do some top stories podcast uh in the near future but it should be a continued journey that we're gonna have fun on i know we are because c last is from, from virginia and he's country and it's so funny just talking with him va <laughs> in the building children <laughs> all right folks we'll see you guys next time grace and peace to you <laughs>